You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. It's your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today. We're going to give you our NFL Week 14 reactions, talk a little bit about the NBA, and we have an interesting trading card scenario for you. But first, to our Week 14 NFL reactions, mine's going to be very short and sweet. Green Bay Packers went ahead and beat the uh, Detroit Lions, and... Again, Aaron Rodgers had a very good game uh, where he passed for 290 yards, threw for three touchdowns. Uh, great thing in this particular game, though, was the fact that Devontae Adams, obviously he had seven catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a very good game, targeted six times, caught the ball six times. Had 85 yards and for a touchdown. So I think his confidence is definitely increasing. And maybe he's the actual number two wide receiver as opposed to Alan Lazard, who only had two catches for 19 yards. We'll see, but it seems like the confidence is growing within Marquez Valdez-Scantling. think that the Green Bay Packers, uh, there was no fear of the Lions really, uh, in my opinion, overall winning the game. My interest, though, with the Packers is going to be when they play the Tennessee Titans. That's where I believe the run defense is going to be exposed very heavily when they <laughs> face up against Henry. Uh, I believe he Henry's going to run for about 185 yards and two touchdowns easily. This Saturday, the Packers will play Carolina Panthers, then the Titans, and then wrap up, uh, I believe, against the Bears. But I think the game against the Titans is going to be one that will definitely expose the Green Bay Packers' run defense. I do believe Aaron Rodgers is leading in the MVP run. I believe he's leading in the MVP run and race against Mahomes. Mahomes is a very close second. You could really call him 1A, 1B. We'll see how the last three games go. Aaron Rodgers is my MVP for, for the league. This NFL week was interesting. The Steelers lost again. Uh, the Steelers have had to play a lot of games in a matter of a short amount of time. They probably won't get the number one seed. Uh, I can see the Chiefs being that number one seed in the AFC now. For those of you who don't know, there will be seven teams from each conference in the, the actual playoffs. The number one seed is the only team that's going to have that first playoff week by mm -hmm. then everybody else plays. So I, I see, honestly, the Chiefs being that number one seed. Uh, but we, again, we have three weeks left. Anything can happen. So lastly, that Baltimore Ravens-Cleveland Browns game on Monday night was a treat. Baker Mayfield showed me a little something there uh, in terms of really competing. I think the Cleveland Browns are for real. I think they have a, an interesting running offense that is really conducive to the playoffs. Baker Mayfield is just going to, you know, do enough to manage the game. I think he, if he battles back and competes, then that that Cleveland Browns team is very interesting. 
Uh, what say you, Danny? So, Jason, I was actually going to touch on that Baltimore-Cleveland game as well. So I'll just follow that and then get to my Atlanta Falcons. And with the Browns, their offensive line got a little banged up in that game, and that's their strength. So if that running game is going like it was the other night, then they have a good shot. But that defense, Lamar Jackson and them went ham on them. Now Lamar looks a little more like Lamar did last season. Mm-hmm. He's had a couple good games here where it seems like he's getting his confidence. And I wouldn't want to see Baltimore in the playoffs. They're a dangerous team. It's going to be very intriguing in the AFC, I think, more than the NFC. There are a lot of teams that play very similar styles because they run the ball, and that's their primary versus, like, the Chiefs. They're more passing. But if you look at the Titans, the Colts, Cleveland, Baltimore, Buffalo is in between. Josh Allen's been throwing a little bit more now. But if you look at that, there's a lot of running teams. So ball control, clock management are very going to be very key. And any turnovers, will you'll be doomed. So looking forward to the playoffs, like you said, in a couple of weeks. So we'll see how these seedings play out. Now to my Atlanta Falcons. It was the Super Bowl of the Toilet Bowl. My Atlanta Falcons faced the Los Angeles Chargers this past week. And it was a duel. And it ended in the fashion I thought it would between these two teams. For those of you who watched, Atlanta had the ball driving down the score. Matt Ryan throws an interception. And as a Falcons fan, now I'm like, all right, we're playing for draft position. So I'm like, all right, cool. Chargers, go ahead. Just get us out of our misery. Let us get out of L.A. and let us go back to Atlanta. Lo and behold, Justin Herbert throws an interception. So I'm like, all right, here we go. Got to cheer for my guys to get this victory. Matt Ryan throws another interception. Justin Herbert and team go down, kick a field goal, game over. Lost 20-17. So it's one of those games, like I said, where it's like, all right, if we're going to lose, let's just get better uh, draft position now at this point. And without Julio, who I think they might as well just shut down for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. there's no need to play him anymore. What's the point? Matt Ryan just doesn't look right. Ridley had a really good game, 100-plus yards again. He got banged up again in that game, his ankle. So it's one of those things, man, where it's to a point where you just want to see, evaluate talent, see what they have, and just get this over with. So we have Tampa this week, Kansas City next week, Tampa to finish the season. So fellas just finish healthy. I'm obviously cheering because these are two divisional games, but it's a wrap, Jay. It's a wrap. To the NBA. And there's just a whole lot happening in the NBA right now. The NBA is on the verge of starting its regular season, starting on Tuesday. There's just a whole lot happening, man. But first, we have to start with none other than the reigning two-time league MVP and defensive player of the year, Giannis who has signed the Supermax to stay with the Milwaukee Bucks five years for $228 million. And that fifth year is an option. So he can actually opt out after the fourth year. I think for Milwaukee fans, it's a sigh of relief for uh, him to really sign that Supermax deal. But I I will say this though, man, this Giannis story is just a, very heartwarming story mm-hmm. for him to and his family to struggle in another country, that being Greece. And there's been several reports, and even Giannis has indicated just how poor they were, how he had really battled to 
become the superstar that he is today. Not only battle, but how hard he worked. Mm-hmm. And just that work ethic alone, man, that's just really just heartwarming. And it's a welcome sigh of relief uh, that nothing is given to you. You have to work hard for it. I'm so happy that one, he's getting his money. Sigh of relief to see a superstar really talk about his home and his family, him wanting to do right by the city. Yeah, Jason, I agree. I thought it was good for the NBA as well that he stayed in Milwaukee just to keep a competitive balance, right? I know it's hard to manage these days just due to free agency and things like that, but at least it gives them an opportunity here to try to win a championship with a superstar, small market. It opened up other doors as well for other teams to say, all right, he signed, now let's get to James Harden. So that's where I think, too, it resolved some of that going on because a lot of teams are holding holding out hope they had a chance to sign him. Would it have been intriguing to see him in a different uniform? Of course. I think him being here in the small market, it does well for the NBA and this market here in Wisconsin. So, And let me just add to that, Danny. So on Giannis's Instagram post here, here's what he says. This is my home. This is my city. I'm blessed to be able to be a part of the Milwaukee Bucks for the next five years. Let's make these years count. The show goes on. Let's get it. And again, congratulations, Giannis, on your contract. And Danny, you alluded to uh, James Harden. This whole drama with Mm -hmm. James Harden and the Houston Rockets organization is something that I think the Bucks fans, well, some Bucks fans doesn't want. Now, there's some other Bucks fans who actually wouldn't mind seeing James Harden in a Bucks uniform. Fans, go ahead and listen to our previous podcast on about a Harden for was Milton, DiVincenzo, certain trade scenarios, including Harden. So there are some fans who would do that trade in a heartbeat. And they may be just thinking about the actual name, James Harden, not necessarily about the fit of James Harden in the system and even in the culture that Giannis is really trying to build in Milwaukee. But let's get back to this James Harden, Houston, Houston Rockets organization drama, man. So there's a report that has come out about James Harden and the things that, you know, he kind of has control over in the Houston Rockets organization. So there's this article done uh, by the four-letter network, that being ESPN, uh, Tim McMahon. And in it, there's a quote here. Apparently, some, there's three, three words that's summed up by a former staffer, whatever James wants. Now, if that doesn't just really prick your ears up about the drama, I don't, I don't know what, what does, man. Look, look, and listen to this, man. So apparently... James Harden has some power uh, within the organization. In the article, it says, and I quote, unless they were on the front end of a back-to-back set, it was essentially a sure thing that the Rockets stayed overnight or even an extra day after games in Los Angeles, Phoenix, and other Rose cities that rank among Harden's favorite stops. If the Rockets had two or three days between games, it was a good bet Harden would call for an off day and charter a private jet to party in Las Vegas or another city. He always gets 
an excused absence from the first practice after the All-Star break for the same reason. I've said this before, and this was when the whole Chicago Bulls documentary came out, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you remember when we talked about how Dennis Rodman went to Vegas, he needed a break. Jordan had to go get Dennis Rodman. And you remember when I said yeah. it would have been awesome to have seen that because that could be a show in itself. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I think what Harden is doing on these off days, going to Vegas and other and chartering flights to go a private jet, first of all, to go to these various places, man, that could be a show in itself, man. Does any organization want that drama? I would say not knowing the in, ins and outs of some of these organizations, how many other star players had this treatment that we're not aware of? Is James Harden, I don't think, is the first. I can see a LeBron having that type of treatment. But LeBron has, like, what, four rings? It wasn't, too, because Houston wanted to win so bad. And they were that close, right? They were very close a couple times in the last couple of years against Golden State where they fell apart. Where then you look at it and say, did some of that or off-the-court activity end up costing James Harden and the Rockets in the end in the playoffs? where that fatigue kicked in, not only him playing all those minutes, but also if he was doing allegedly all of these other things, did that wear him down? Yeah, yeah. I I can see fatigue set in. It was a playoff series against the Golden State Warriors that last game, and I recall he just didn't have enough in the tank. He's not the first, right? And he won't be the last snowballed on him. Where they gave him his first thing, they gave him an inch, he took a foot. Gave him another inch, he took another foot. And they just let it, They it snowballed on them. A lot. Some of this has to fall on the organization for allowing it to happen and not checking it. I agree. Well, here's the thing, Danny. When LeBron James was in Miami and he was wanting to do a whole lot of extra stuff, stay over, stay another day, or fly here and there separate with his entourage or allegedly – yeah. And there were reports out the, out of Miami where uh, Pat Riley wasn't having that. Mm-hmm. He wasn't having that at all. So I'm wondering if a trade happens with James Harden, would it be more prudent? Would it be better for James to be in a hard run culture like a Miami Heat mm-hmm. and where you have to show up in shape? Because James Harden does not look like he is in shape in these preseason, in the first preseason game. And you work hard and you have Jimmy Butler there. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler will not have it. He will definitely get in you. So I'm wondering if that other team is that of like the Miami Heat. Because I know there are reports about the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I believe the Milwaukee Bucks have already said. Man, they're not interested in James Harden. I'm wondering if that other team is the Miami Heat. I think it may be a blessing in disguise if he did go to Miami. From a structural standpoint, the nightlife is going to be there. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the that's the downside. That's the oh my god. That's the downside of Miami. With if James is partying as much as they're saying, Miami from a nightlife standpoint may impact them, but. He's falling in line with what Riley and the organization is doing. It may be a benefit for him to prolong his career, possibly. That Miami culture could outweigh him being in strip clubs or shoe modeling establishments or whatever, uh, because the whole purpose is an NBA championship. 
The mm-hmm. Miami Heat was right there. They were in the finals yep. in a unique situation, that being in the NBA bubble. So I think Pat Riley, the fact that he has multiple rings as a coach, as a top executive, I think that would really intrigue James Harden. So we'll see. We'll see. And then we have an interesting trading card scenario. What do we have, Danny? So tonight's trading card scenario, Jason, is Stefan Marbury's 1996 Topps Chrome rookie card for Kyrie Irving's 2012 Hoops rookie card. Quick bios, Stefan Marbury was the number four pick out of Georgia Tech by the Milwaukee Bucks and ended up being traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he played 13 NBA seasons. He didn't have any NBA titles, two All-NBAs. He averaged 19 points, seven assists, three boards, and a steal. Two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA. One unique item about Stefan Marbury is he ended up playing in China and had three titles with the Beijing Ducks. For Kyrie, he was the number one pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2011 out of Duke. He's played nine NBA seasons. He has one NBA title. Two All-NBAs, he's averaged 22 points, five assists, three boards, and a steal. He was Rookie of the Year and six-time All-Star. So, Jason, on the back porch, have these two cards. Which card do you want in your portfolio? Look, man, I think the fans know where I'm going with this. Stephon Marbury had a a very interesting college career. Stephon Marbury played 36 games for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. In one of those games, he actually played Allen Iverson. Although Allen Iverson outduked him, it was a very competitive matchup. And so I highly encourage fans to go out to YouTube and look at that, look at the highlights. The fact that Marbury really competed against Allen Iverson, obviously one of the greats, it's a huge comparison to what Kyrie Irving did for the Duke Blue Devils, where he only played 11 games. Now, granted, he had a foot injury that uh, sidelined him, uh, but he only had 11 games. So one can you know can say, well, he only played 11 games and he was uh, the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, but I say this, I mean, and you, if you look at his highlights uh, in those games at Duke, I mean, the handles were bananas. Stephon Marbury, and you mentioned it in your opening there, played a number of seasons in the NBA, tumultuous ending to his NBA career with regards to some controversy or alleged controversy. But then he goes to China mm-hmm. and he does this thing in China and where he wins three championships. Stephon Marbury is going to be a Hall of Famer, primarily because this is just is considered the Basketball Hall of Fame. This not the NBA Hall of Fame, but the Basketball Hall of Fame. The fact that he has won three rings, my understanding he has a statue in China. The fact that he has done that, and basketball is a global sport. Marbury will be in the Hall of Fame. So many things. I remember growing up, when Marbury came out, everybody was like, man, you know, he can ball. And he he could definitely ball. Like Again, the fact that he played the likes of Allen Iverson in college and many other greats uh, is is outstanding. 
but we had to think about some of the other things that Marbury had done. Starbury shoes. A lot of kids obviously wanted the high-end shoes, but those high-end shoes cost $100 or so for many, um, not affordable. But the Starbury shoes, which would be sold out of Stephen Berry's, uh, when Stephen Berry's existed, they were affordable. And that was actually led by Marbury. We got to think about that. Mm-hmm. We also have to think about there's this Netflix uh, documentary called A Kid from Coney Island, which is primarily a documentary on Stefan Marbury. And what I'm just saying, it's, it's in that documentary. And it's very, very interesting. And it's really a documentary because as things happen, obviously, he's filming. Mm-hmm. And he ultimately films his last season playing in China. In our culture, there are very few film directors that really stand out. One in particular, Spike Lee. And a lot of us remember that 1998 film, He Got Game, with Jesus Shuttlesworth as the main character, Ray Allen as the main character. And we have to think about the storyline. What was the motivation for that storyline? None other than Stefan Marbury. The fact that a whole film was made off of Stefan Marbury, that takes it to a whole nother level because he was the truth. He was Mr. Basketball in New York. And that is huge considering who's come out of New York. I'll just say this, Danny. Kyrie is a very good player. Injury prone. Mm -hmm. Very much so injury prone. He's injured in college, injured in the pros. Obviously, he hit the game-winning shot in the in Game Seven against the Golden State Warriors over uh, Steph. But man, three championships over in China. The cultural impact that Stefan Marbury has had, not only here in the States with the Starbury shoes, but what he's done over in China. So with that, I can tell a story with a card, and therefore I'm going with Stefan Marbury. I would want Stefan Marbury's card. This one was tough for me because I think back on Stefan Marbury's career, it kind of mirrors what Kyrie in a way is <laughs> very similar as far as Stefan Marbury had it made playing with Kevin Garnett in Minnesota, but they couldn't coexist. They could have had a good thing going on with him being young, KG being young. They just couldn't get the ego thing under, under control where then he demanded to, he had to go or KG had to go. So he left (laughs) and KG stayed in Minnesota. And then he bounced around the league where it was always this expectation that Stefan Marbury was going to take him to the next level wherever he went. But he never lived up to that from the NBA perspective. And I never could get my wrap my arms around why. As quick as he was, his game was just very comparable. You think of, like Iverson, they all came by that same ilk. Very quick, great handle, could shoot, but he never could. It was just something about him that he couldn't get over the hump in the NBA, mm-hmm. which then he eventually figured out in China. But people lose sight of that, and I wish that would have happened when he was in the NBA to reflect his true talent that he had, mm-hmm. and it, it may be minimized. I don't see it as being minimized because watching basketball, basketball is basketball. He's not playing against a whole bunch of scrubs in China mm-hmm. when he played. And then I look at Kyrie, and Kyrie's handle is, as we were thinking about this scenario, he's a unicorn that way. 
His handle mm-hmm. is ridiculous. His game is ridiculous. He can get a shot off at any point in time, but it's the other stuff that plagues him. And he's like you say, he's been injured a lot. He had a similar scenario with LeBron. You have LeBron James right there, and you don't want to be there because you want to stand on your own, which I can understand from an ego perspective. But how many more championships could they have possibly won if they could have been aligned on one goal? Mm-hmm. which I think similar back to, like I said, with Marbury and Garnett. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where now Kyrie's bouncing around the league. He was in Boston. Now he's in Brooklyn. So he has another great opportunity with the superstar with KD to make things happen. So I'm curious how this season goes. But then I look at these cards. I'm going to go with Stefan Marbury's card just based on the history I have with him. I don't know what Kyrie's career is going to go. It could be another launching point here from Brooklyn. And then I may change my mind and say, I want Kyrie's car. <laughs> you got to be adaptable in the trading car game, Jason. You know how this goes. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.